Real estate agents are leaving the real estate industry following a boom. That's an article that was posted on the 26th of June by Realty Times. Recent data shows tens of thousands of real estate agents are leaving the industry. It becomes relevant in a large scale way because realtors are in tune with the market and are the first to know when there's a cool down or something else brewing. The fact that realtors are leaving could spell further trouble for the industry. More than 60,000 real estate agents have left the profession in the last six months from data compiled by the National Association of Realtors. This is the How To Real Estate Podcast. We are your host, Kyle Lindsay, and myself, Jeremy Smith. We're going to talk to you guys today about what you can do to not be one of those 60,000 agents that bail out of the industry due to necessity. Kyle, why do you think these agents are dropping out of the business? You know, I think that they're realizing that real estate's difficult. Yeah. That, you know, I, I've, a few of my other videos on my other channel, I've referenced that the last couple of years can be referred to as unicorn years. They were atypical and business came easy. And I don't mean that it was easy to do business, but you didn't really have to pull real hard to get people to actually go from interested in real estate to purchasing or selling real estate. Yeah. They raised their hand, you met with them and they were, that was it. They were just, it felt super easy. And I think a lot of us got used to that. And also a lot of us came into the industry during that period. That's all they know. Yeah. And they're realizing that the real estate industry in a normal cycle, like what we're back in, we're moving toward now is hard. It takes yeah. work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and it seems like, you know, they kind of got set up under false pretenses, mm -hmm. right? That, Hey, this, this business is, is pretty easy. Cause to your point, like people were excited to buy real estate, right? They're like, Hey, I could buy a house now. It's worth $200,000 in six months. It's going to be worth 250 mm -hmm. and a year is going to be worth 300. Like who and wouldn't I, be excited? And about I get that? a 2.1 interest rate. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and things were, things were easy, man. But I've talked to a lot of agents that we know personally that have got out of the business and some commonalities with these agents is is skill set, mm -hmm. right? A lot of it's mindset, is skill set. It's all the hard work that agents weren't told about or, or didn't have to do. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't a necessity. And now that it is, and, you know, in this episode, we really want to give agents that are listening some tactical stuff that they can implement in their business so that they can survive it. You know, this is going to last a, at least another year, right? Maybe more, right? Yeah. We're of this downturn, agents getting out, kind of the thinning of the herd. But the ones that make it are going to be the ones that implement tactical stuff and are consistent with it. So this episode is geared towards helping you guys as real estate agents learn how to dominate your neighborhood, right? What better way to get really good at real estate than to do it where you live and people already know you? Yeah. This is a fantastic long-term real estate play. So if you want to be in the business for a very long time, developing a neighborhood farm, whether it is actually your neighborhood or maybe a neighborhood you want to move to, you know, it, it doesn't have to be one of those, but, you know, just picking a neighborhood and really going after it right. can help make you successful in the long term, right. for sure. A absolutely. And there's a lot to this, guys. There's a lot for us to unpack. So it's going to be broken up into several episodes, right? Mm -hmm. So we're not sitting here for hours going over all this because, I mean, we literally could talk for hours on this topic. Mm -hmm. There's so much that goes into it. But we're going to be really tactful with you guys on this and just give you our experience from what we have done to develop a farm area. 
what we've seen work, what we've seen not work, the expectations of it. Okay. We're going to break it up into a series. So don't forget, if you guys haven't already subscribed to this podcast, subscribe to it, hit the bell so that you get notifications when we post more content and you get reminded to come back and listen to this. Because by the end of the series, you guys are going to have a very good idea of exactly what you need to implement step by step to go out there and start dominating your neighborhood of choice. It could yes. be the one you live in, could be one you want to live in, could be one that has a high sales price, whatever it may be. I personally like the idea of doing it in the neighborhood that you already live in, if yeah. you can, right? Yeah. Because it's so easy, you're there. Yeah, if it, if it makes sense for you, I mean, in most of the time it probably hopefully will, that is the easy one to do. Because hopefully you've, you know some of your neighbors at least, or your community does events and you've you've been a part of them and you already you already have a little bit of at least you know knowledge and, and and awareness of the neighborhood and the area so it should hopefully be an easy transition to becoming the, the realtor of choice there right right so let's help them man what's the first topic we got well first thing you know we've delved into a little bit but but why why really do focus on a neighborhood farm so and you know, we've, so we've already touched on a little bit, but really it's, it's repetitive business. I don't want to call it easy business, but it's simple business. If you can execute these strategies that we're talking about and do it consistently, you will be the neighborhood expert, meaning people will actually be coming to you. And yes, that actually does happen when you are the neighborhood expert and, 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 and well, I keep saying it over and over. How many times can I say neighborhood? But <laughs> You can be the expert in your area and people will, re when they're ready, they will reach out to you. Certainly. You know, it takes a lot of work and building of a foundation to, to get to there and it's not going to happen overnight. We'll go over that here in a minute. But, but yeah, that, that, I mean, I know that you built your career on a neighborhood. So, yeah. You know, so just want to dig a little bit deeper on that why part, right? Because I'm, I'm really big in understanding the why behind the what on everything that I do in life, mm -hmm. right? I think that's so instrumental because when you understand the why, the how becomes easy, mm -hmm. right? It just makes sense. So one, like if you think about what a farm is, and I love that some, somewhere, some real estate agent termed this, you know, mm -hmm. coined this phrase, a farm area, mm -hmm. right? I love that because it makes so much sense. And if you think about just a real farm, right? People, you know, if you're going to grow whatever produce on your farm, you till the soil, you get it ready for planting, you plant your seeds, you water your seeds, you put in all this work up front. And then when it's time, those seeds flourish and sprout into whatever crop you're growing. And then you harvest that, right? And that's your reward mm -hmm. from all of that work that you've done, all of your patience, all of your work, all of your diligence, all of your consistencies, doing the smart things at the right time, and then you reap a reward. And mm -hmm. so that is exactly the way a farm area works. Mm -hmm. Right. You, you start building into it. So for me, the reason why I started my farm area is because I didn't have a budget. Like I had no money to mm -hmm. start off with. And what easier way to go make a, people aware of what I do than just go talk to my neighbors. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a much easier conversation. You're like, Hey, I'm your neighbor. Mm -hmm. I, I can't tell you how many times I went and talked to somebody and they were like, no, no, no. And then I was like, Hey, I just lived down the street and they're way more open to talking to me yeah. when they knew that I was their neighbor. So, um, yeah. Why, why start a farm area is because it's a cheap way. And also it can last the test of time, mm -hmm. right? If, if you do it right. 
Well, take that one step farther too. I mean, it's not just about the business. I mean, obviously in real estate, we do this for, for profit. So, you know, creating a repeatable business where you can have consistent income from a farm area, which after you really get the ball rolling will hopefully not take just tremendous effort all the time. I'm not saying you ever take your foot off the pedal, but I'm just saying like it becomes easier. But the other thing that you really think about is all that you can pour back into the community. There's there's some mm-hmm. things we're going to talk about about ways to do the farming, but but a big one of those, just a little little preview here, is is events. Yeah. And the events that we've held in our farm area, and you get to interact with the people and see them and bring them joy and provide outlets for fun. It is one of the most rewarding things that we do in real estate. And being able to provide those events and do those things, it is just amazing when the whole community comes together for something like that. Absolutely, man. That that makes me think about our photos with Santa, man, every year. Yeah. And how many of the kids that show up to that, like that's the Santa that they go to every year. Mm -hmm. Some of them, that's, I mean, their kids are three or four years old. That's the only Santa they've ever known. Yeah. You know, and so every year their family has memories that we facilitated. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, that does feel great, man. Dude, and how much better is that than going to a mall Santa? Absolutely. Like you get to go to the community clubhouse. There's there's refreshments. There you get the fun photo ops other than just with Santa. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. Anyway. See your neighbors there, the mm-hmm. kids. I, I mean, all the time the kids are playing with their friends, you know, because their friends are their neighbors and they're mm-hmm. there together, yeah. you know. And yeah, it's a it's such a cool thing. Such a cool thing. So there's a there's a lot of good reasons, you know, yeah. why to start a farm area. hundred percent. Well, it, something you mentioned takes us really really well into our next topic here is when should you start a farm now yesterday <laughs> yesterday <laughs> so i mean for brand new agents that are thinking well i don't have any money you mentioned it's cheap so you know when should a brand new agent actually start this and you know you know we can talk about the cost of that yeah i, I would i would say immediately like i would recommend an agent start a farm as soon as you get your license, especially if you're going to do it in the neighborhood that you live in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll keep going back to the neighborhood you live in because that was my experience. Mm-hmm. The reason why I say that is because what a better way to get experience quickly than by doing it for free in the neighborhood that you live in, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of tactic that, tactics that you can use. A lot of times, a lot of neighborhoods have neighborhood Facebook pages. Mm-hmm. Now, some of them are pretty strict, right? You can't get in them if you don't live in the neighborhood. You got to provide an address and there's a moderator that will double check and make sure that you actually live in that neighborhood. So I know I've, I've tried to get into Facebook groups from other neighborhoods that I don't live in and they, they don't let me in. Yeah. Or if they see me put something for real estate in there, they kick me right out. Right. So, I mean, you just have exclusivity in that neighborhood. So as a newer agent, it doesn't cost you anything to get out there and do some research on the neighborhood, what's going on in the neighborhood. Go out, talk to people, tell them what's going on in the neighborhood, educate them about what's going on in the neighborhood in the real estate market. And you can do that in person. You can do that with with very inexpensive flyers or printed postcards that you just take with you and pass out. Mm-hmm. You can do that on social media. Like, and all of that is is very, very free if, if not just relatively or super cheap. Mm-hmm. No, I completely agree. Like, we're not saying you immediately jump into neighborhood farming and send a thousand postcards. No. You know, there are very cheap and inexpensive ways to begin the process. Right. You know, so I, I also agree, like start as soon as possible mm-hmm. um, with, with neighborhood farming for sure. We'll go into so a lot of these, these tactics. And if you didn't listen to our last episode about um, low cost and free ways to generate leads, 
We're going to repeat some of those here for your neighborhood farming. So maybe go back and listen to that last episode too. But, you know, so we know when to start now and why, but what should we expect when we, when we start a neighborhood farm? Like, like what is going to be the process or what things should we be doing? From my experience, it takes a little bit of time, mm. right? I've, I've established two, two farm areas over my career. I'm working on a third one right now. And it takes time, right? People, the key to real estate is getting people to know you like you and trust you, mm. right? Sometimes that trust takes time, right? And if you're a brand new agent, the way to get people to trust you is by showing them value, right? You show mm. them value by educating them, and that can take time. The more consistent you are, the quicker it will be. Mm -hmm. Right. So expect that it's going to take some time. Expect you'll get resistance, mm -hmm. especially if there are other agents that are already in that neighborhood. Mm -hmm. or maybe they live in the neighborhood. Maybe they're trying to create a farm in the neighborhood. I would say like 98 percent of agents don't really know how to mm -hmm. really effectively create a farm area. So if you follow what we're going to tell you, you know, in the next few episodes, you will be ahead of 98 percent of the, the competition. Right. You can go out there and, and really create that farm area. But also, you know, expect that when it does start going, you're going to have so much momentum, it's going to be hard to stop, mm. right? Expect a lot of success with mm. farming when you do it right and you do it consistently and you remove agenda from everything you do. So I was, I was just talking to a, a friend of mine the other day about um, a real estate agent that he knows. And what he was saying about this agent was that it's so obvious that everything that she does is to further a relationship strictly for business. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, how does that make you feel? He's like, dude, I don't trust her. I'm like, wow. Such a good, such good feedback. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was powerful, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, well, you know that everything she does is agenda driven. Mm -hmm. And it's not that she wants to be your friend or it's not that she has a vested interest in, in furthering your interest. Mm -hmm. You know, everything she's doing and saying is for her own benefit. As you move through and start your farm area, you can expect to gain a lot of trust in, in people relatively quickly if you move forward without an agenda. You know, and when you really think about that, the way she's presenting is the problem because nothing we do here is without agenda. Right. You know, like we hold these these fantastic events where everyone's coming out and having fun and doing all these, and those are rewarding in themselves. But we wouldn't do them if we weren't real estate agents right? looking to, you know, so, and I'm saying that to really point out the obvious that this agent we're talking about, not to really bash her too much, but she's probably asking for too much too soon and she's coming off fake. Right. So when you're doing this farming, when you really think about the without agenda, it's really your, your, your goal is to provide value mm -hmm. and you're not always asking for a sale. Right. Like you can't offer a CMA and immediately ask for a listing presentation every single time. Right. I mean, you know, don't kill me in the comments for saying that, but I'm just saying like, <laughs> that's just an example that came to my head real quick. Right. But you know, you, you can provide value without always trying to close every single time. Yeah. You know, some, sometimes it's like what uh, Gary V says, you know, jab, 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 left hook. Right. You know, give, 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 and then ask when it's appropriate. Exactly. And, you, and when you do this enough, you'll know when it's appropriate. Yep. And I'll say a lot of people will start raising their hands for you. Yeah, absolutely. And and I would even go so far to say that the giving the value is the agenda, mm -hmm. right? That is the agenda. You know that there's going to be a, a reward for it at mm -hmm. some point, right? And then you reap that reward, which is somebody trusting you enough to do real estate, to do a real mm -hmm. estate transaction with you. But yeah, man, you're right. I mean, we do this all for business, but the business comes naturally when we put people first. Yeah. 
Right. So and I think that's just the fine distinction I'm really trying to get at here is let everyone know that's listening. Like, you know, we do have an agenda, mm-hmm. but if it comes across like we have an agenda, like yes. this other agent's doing, then it's it. You're, a lot of your efforts are going to fall flat. Yeah, certainly. When you're putting into practice what we're going to talk to you guys about, what we're going to teach you, make sure that it's not about you. Right. Right. Make sure that it is really genuinely about the people. And if you put the people first, and that is your primary agenda, they will entrust you with their real estate transactions, and then you'll get business and then stand by because that business will start to spiral, Mm -hmm. right? If you think about it, one listing in a neighborhood really is kind of like two transactions because the chances of those people who are selling needing to buy are pretty high, Mm -hmm. right? So for every listing, let's just say it's a buy side transaction as well. Then if you market that listing appropriately, maybe you get one more buyer from it. Mm -hmm. So every listing is worth three transactions. Yeah. And we know, and we know like the stats just unanimously agree that when one person neighborhood sells, typically at least three or four more near them also sell. Yep. So if you're doing this right, one turns into not just three, but maybe even five, six or seven. Yeah. And that's how that spiral starts going. And you can steamroll that into hopefully a lot of business, maybe not all at once, but that just picks up and you're, you're constantly working your farm area. Yeah. Man, I'm having to hold back something really bad right now because I know it's not the timing's not right on the podcast, but <laughs> just just so you guys know, like when we get into the what to do part of this, um, there's a strategy of a particular mailer that you send out mm-hmm. that's to the neighbors that's actually from the homeowner. Mm. Solid. Yeah. Solid strategy. I, I don't I'm not sure it. we should share that with everyone. Yeah. <laughs> we'll <laughs> give it to them, man. We'll, we'll, we're leading with value. Yeah, lady yeah. with value. All right, if you say so. All right. <laughs> well, we, you know, it's just something new for us. You yeah. know, we don't have even any proven uh, results from this mm-hmm. yet, but people that we know do. Yeah. You know, so it's just what the real estate business is, man. It's a uh, copy and paste. So going into the what to do. Now, what we're going to do here is we're going to list a lot of this stuff that may seem obvious. But we're going to list a bunch of stuff here that is directly re- related to doing your neighborhood farm. In the next couple episodes, we're going to pick the top of the, the most impactful of these strategies, and we're going to dig in really deep with these. We're not going to do this episode because, like Jeremy said earlier, that would make this episode hours long and no one's listening that long. So we're going to list a bunch of these guys and then maybe uh, offer a special bonus at the end for you guys. So um, so what strategies, you know, in no particular order here, um, do you do when you're doing a neighborhood farm? Or maybe you can tell us which ones you think are the most important. Yeah, I mean they're all they're all super important, but I'll start with I think what our listeners could implement quickly. Okay. And start putting themselves at the forefront of people's minds as a neighborhood expert, and that is weekly market updates on the Facebook group. Mm, yeah. I love those. Weekly market updates on the Facebook group. They 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 work. You may think that nobody's seeing them, mm-hmm. right? Just because people aren't interacting with it doesn't mean that they don't see that. Right. Right. So, well, I want to dig in just slightly into that. So, um, I will tell you that, you know, even if only 10 people watch that, what other effort could you put in where you're going to talk to 10 homeowners at once? Right. You know, and that is something that we see all the time when we go on these listing appointments in the farm area where, you know, it's usually very few people are actually liking or commenting on the post, but they all say, Oh, we've been watching your, your near neighborhood updates. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, this one is really powerful and you're not going to really feel like it's doing much, but it is. Yeah. Yeah. So let me tell you guys what to do on this. So let me, let's walk through this. So 
I do mine every single Monday, mm-hmm. right? You could do it whatever day you want. I chose Monday, it works for me. So in this post, there's some sort of a teaser line, right? Just to get people's attention. You know, the basics of marketing, you know, the first mm-hmm. line is to get them to read the second, right? right? So sometimes I'll, I'll put a picture. So maybe it's a funny picture. Maybe it's a picture from like a screenshot of, of the MLS with their neighborhood mapped out, grayed out, and all the icons of, of homes on there. Sometimes I don't put a picture at all. Sometimes I'll put a video. It just really depends. I try to mix it up and, and stay creative with that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I should stay more consistent and do the same thing every time. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not saying that works or doesn't work. It's just what I do. Now, the data that I give to them is typically how many homes are on the market, how many homes are in the option period. Mm-hmm how many homes are pending, and how many homes closed in the last seven days. That's why it's important to do it every week, mm-hmm. right? That way you stay up to date on everything. Now, if you miss a week, the next week you should adjust and say, that, you know, how many homes closed in, in the past 14 days, right? Right. So it's important that you stay consistent with this because another thing that we will talk about is our monthly market update video. Mm-hmm. It's got to be video. In addition to how many homes are on the market, how many are under contract, how many are pending, and how many sold, Typically, I'll do like, hey, how long are homes taking to sell? Mm-hmm. And what's the average price per square foot? And that seems to be the data that people want to hear, mm-hmm. right? And, and you and I both know home um, appraisers don't care about price per square foot, right? Right. So, but homeowners do, you know, and that's a statistic that's out there. So we'll put that out there. And then at the bottom of the post, you know, it's going to be a call to action. I use emojis in there to represent the homes mm-hmm. and stuff like that, just to be creative. And then at the bottom, there'll be some sort of a call to action that says, mm-hmm. hey, if you want more information, go here. Or if you have questions, you want a free CMA, um, here's why we're the best. Sometime mm-hmm. we'll talk about our our uniques, you know, mm-hmm. our one-day listing guarantee or flexible commission plans mm-hmm. or guarantee cash offers or whatever we're doing, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes I'll throw that stuff in there. And typically we don't get responses from that, right. but we're planting seeds. Well, you're, you're really hitting on two different really core behavioral science concepts. I mean, I'm not going to go too deep on these, but familiarity, the more they see your face, they hear your voice, they see your posts, the more they trust you. Right. It's just, it's basic behavioral science. So by the time they've seen you for two years, three years, or however long they've been in the neighborhood, and they see your posts, they think Jeremy for real estate. Yeah. And then two, um, you've been giving value to them. Like, yeah, your posts include like, you know, hey, free CMAs and this is why you should work with us. But they're not strong call to actions. They're just more reminders. And again, the more they see that, the more likely they're going to be to contact. So it's it's a fantastic strategy. And I do think that's probably the easiest thing you could get started with. I 100% agree with that. Yeah. And a lot of new agents, even seasoned agents, you know, you have fear of making phone calls. You have mm-hmm. fear of going out and talking to people. Well, this is a super passive way, Mm -hmm. right? You don't have to be on video. You just make a post. Like everybody knows how to make a social media post, right? So this is super, super simple, um, very powerful. But remember, it's planting seeds and this Mm -hmm. is farming, right? Insider tip though, you will get more results from doing video. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You will definitely get more results from doing video. and, And if you do video for a while, it just becomes fun. Yeah. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't suck as much um, after you do it for a while. Just get through this suck. So 
So more rapid fire here. So so you mentioned a monthly market update, your, your weekly market update in the Facebook group. Right. Monthly market update, is that also in the Facebook group or is that somewhere else? It is. So it's two places. Okay. Or actually, it's three. So it goes on YouTube. Mm-hmm. It goes in the Facebook group. Okay. And then it goes in email to all the people in that farm area whose email address I have. Perfect. Okay. That's great segue. So you have email marketing to the to the neighborhood as well. How do you get those email addresses? Oh, dude, there's many ways. Many ways. So events, mm-hmm. we'll do events. People will sign up for emails uh, at events, whether it's registering for Photos with Santa mm-hmm. or um, signing up for our upcoming Splash Bash. Right. Um, in several different ways. And then the way I started with them, though, was door knocking. Door knocking. Yep. Perfect. Yep. Door knocking, specific tactics and, mm-hmm. and dialogues we use while door knocking will help us get email addresses for the community that we mm-hmm. can put in our CRM and categorize for that community. And then they always get an email every month. Love it. So there's also open houses, of course. You hold open houses in the neighborhood. Maybe do a neighbor-only open house or, you know, again, door knocking for your open house to invite the neighbors in. Also going to be collecting email addresses, circle prospecting around those open houses or just in general for a sale. Also collecting their email addresses because you're saying, hey, I'm a neighbor, you know, very quick script off the top of my head, but like, hey, this is Kyle Lindsay with the Smith team. I'm calling because a home just three homes down from you just sold. And that could be impacting your home's value. I'd love to get you a free CMA to kind of update you on what that may have changed or not changed. Um, what's the best email address to send that to you? Exactly. And, you know, we, there's other, there's plenty of circle prospecting scripts out there. But you do that, and again, you're collecting email addresses because you want to get their email for the monthly market updates and any other things of value to remind them of your events that you're doing. So so we have events. We have open houses. Those are actually in-person things. So right. I'd recommend well, – what do you think for events? Four, five a year? Is there too many? Is there too few? No. I mean, I think you could do too few. I think probably like one would mm-hmm. be too few. But one a quarter. Okay. Would, would, I think would be a, a really good amount. Um, so yeah, I think that that might be the sweet spot. About okay. about four. Cool. So four. You got you have all of that. You, then you're collecting email addresses. You are holding open houses. I think I'm repeating myself. Um, <laughs> you know, but you're door knocking for these things. You're you're circle prospecting for these these things. You're creating reasons to interact. Right. And I think that's the biggest fear for a lot of agents is not having a reason to call or interact with people. Well, if you're promoting an event. You're not selling anything. You're inviting them to an event. You're providing value to them. If you're inviting them to an open house, you're not selling anything, you know? So I think creating reasons for you to call and provide value is 100% fundamental to overcoming your fear of actually interacting with people. Absolutely. And then the calls are so easy, yeah. right? You're just calling just to give value. Yeah. And something that I didn't talk about, but I just want to finish up with this. We've implemented a, an adopt a buyer program too mm-hmm. in our community. Right. And so that's just going to be another way for us to collect data from people that have just moved in that don't know us yet. Right. Right. And maybe we were the listing agents. Maybe we weren't. Mm-hmm. Right. But we want to collect their data. So two, five, seven years down the road, they're like, hey, we moved in here, but we haven't mm-hmm. heard from our agent since we moved in. Right. And and the Smith team has been all up in our emails and sending us all kind of valuable stuff. That's right. the obvious choice. Right. Sweet, yeah. man. Well, Guys, that is uh, we're at we're at about thirty minutes here, mm-hmm. so let's cut this one out, and we will get in step two here. We'll talk more about what Kyle. What's what are we gonna talk about in the next one? 
I think in the next one, we're going to go a lot deeper into open houses and events because those things are kind of pretty closely related and kind of really detail more of how we do that and what you should think about in order to be successful with these. As these are, I mean, the, the events themselves, depending are, you know, what you guys choose could have some cost to it, but you can hold a lot of, a lot of events for very little or no, no cost. Open houses obviously are usually pretty free other than your supplies to set them up. Right. So these are two very, could be very low cost ways to get to generate leads and start building up your, your influence here. Absolutely. And then all those open houses, use your lenders, use your title companies. Yes. They will help you with some of that expense. All right, guys. So we're going to wrap up this session one. Next session, we'll be talking about how to use open houses and events to solidify yourself and dominate your neighborhood or whatever farm area you choose. And you guys, we know that uh, the market has changed. It's continuing to change and the odds are ever against us. Mm -hmm. Keep learning, keep growing, keep applying yourself and be consistent and seek that success despite the odds. We'll see you on the next one. Peace.